1: And the wrong one died.
2: Welcome to The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the Catastrophe. I'm your host, Mike Abrams, and today we have a special guest with us. She was Jenny Annie Dots in the 2016 Broadway revival of Cats. Welcome, Eloise Crop, and thanks for joining us.
1: Hi, thank you. Very excited so, to be here.
2: Yes, we're excited to have you. Uh I am very excited because uh I've I think your character has a lot of depth that I want to dig into. And I would love to hear from your experience fighting that character. But before we get into that, I want to know early on when you were starting to take on this role, you were you were thinking about it and you were gonna audition for it how much Cats knowledge did you have going in? Are you one of the theater um, members who knew about it, saw it as a kid, kind of was all in on it, or were you the one who had no idea?
1: So I had done a production of Cats when I was in seventh grade, but it was like the most, it was like the smallest version of Cats ever. It was like the opening number, it was the rum tum tugger it was memory and it was like the end so that's i like it. didn't that was it so i thought it was like a one act show that was like you know 45 minutes to an hour and had like four or five cat characters so i that's like what i thought cats was
2: <laughs> so that's interesting so the only how did they pick those those two songs like how did they pick rum tum tugger and i mean i guess you have to pick memory
1: yeah i think like it was Maybe there was one more in there. Maybe Shanks was in there, if I'm remembering correctly. But it was like, there was no Jellicle Ball. There was no, like, truly, it was just like, song, 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 memory, the end. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like so kind of had, an
2: interesting production.
1: Yeah, so I had no context of what Cats was, like, going into the audition. And I just knew that everyone was auditioning for it. And I knew that my mom... Had told me like when I first moved to New York, she was like, You can do like any show you want, and I will be so, so excited for you. But like, please don't ever be in cats.
2: Wow. Just right away. Just that's the one show. Like, that was the
1: one show. She was like, Please don't be in cats because it freaks me out. And I was like, Oh, okay. (laughs) So then and I like was auditioning. Listen. Yeah, no, I was auditioning for it and I went in for like every single cat possible. So I had no idea like who I was gonna be. Like for a bit I was like, I'm gonna be a swing. I have no idea because I was going in for every cat. Cause I was initially called in for Rumpel Teaser. Okay. And then I was like auditioned for every other cat. And then finally the last cat I went in for was Jenny Annie Dots.
2: So did your mom like your seventh grade production?
1: we never talked about it i played the rum tum tugger i played the rum tum tugger in the seventh grade production
2: oh wow okay so you got to (laughs) i took the whole
1: thing up the octave like it was it's pretty much amazing did
2: you like that is an aggressive dance for a seventh grader did you did you really get after it as a rock star in your production
1: Absolutely all like four foot five of me was like whipping my tail around and making all these other cats dance around me. And
2: (laughs) that is, that is incredible. Um, It was amazing. Had you, had you seen it before the seventh grade production? No. Okay. So you were, you went in cold. You didn't, you weren't given a lot of direction probably as a seventh grader besides rock star.
1: No, it was like. This is the Rum Tum Tiger. He's like a rock star cat, and I was like, "Oh, cool!" And then I like started seeing the show, or started like in the audition process, and then I was like, "I should probably watch this show." And like I remember sitting down and watching it, and like looking at my friend and being like, "Wait, this is a whole two act- like this is two acts like this is a whole thing like who are all these characters? What are they like? I'm so." What is happening? I was like, cats is one act. It's like 45 minutes. And he was like, no, it's like two and a half hours.
2: <laughs> in seventh grade, it's one act. That's because that's all <laughs> yeah. your parents could could take.
1: <laughs> in seventh grade, it was one act. But in real life, I didn't realize it was that long.
2: Yeah, they I mean they kind of have to cut some too, anyways. When you've got McCavity in an abusive relationship, the Joker Ball is basically an orgy. Like there's some stuff that's probably not seventh grade appropriate.
1: Yeah, absolutely not. So it was smart that they cut it, but I just felt very sheltered for a long time until I actually found out that it was a whole thing.
2: I would love to hear from the the director of your seventh grade production and know (laughs) how they chose just those characters. Like, was it based off of that's the songs they liked or like, you know, you could easily put a Mungo, Jerry and Rumble teaser in there. That would be more people on stage. Like, how did they come to the conclusion of just these couple songs?
1: I have no idea. I think he just is like, I'm sure it was a thing. My guess would be that he's like picked songs that he knew the students could do. And then was like, these are the songs we'll do.
2: Okay. I, I could see that. I'm, I'm trying to think if there's any song that's <clears throat> would have been easier. Um, with. I don't know. I mean, the tap dance number would be hard with your character. The. Right. Buster I mean, Jones is pretty simple.
1: Yeah, we didn't do that one. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, okay, so you go from 7th grade of of a one-act show to yeah. to auditioning um and you said you watched the movie and that's kind of where you broke down and understood what was what was really going on.
1: Kind of. I mean, I was still super confused and at that point I was going in for so many different cats that I was like trying to grasp like at straws. And then I had actually told Leslie Margarita, like before I knew anything about cats, because we had done Dames at Sea together and she was like, Oh, they're doing cats on Broadway. And I was like, Oh my God, you would probably be, there's like that tap dance cat. You'd be amazing, Leslie. Cause I knew that cat was like Mm -hmm. older. And I was like, Oh my God, you need to be going in for Jenny. And she was like, she laughed at me and was like, ha, 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 So then the running joke was like, when I got it, she was like, oh, ha, 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 ha like
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> you call me That's, old and now yeah, you're and old.
2: Then, <laughs> and you got, and you got the role. So yeah. when you got the role, how much <laughs> mm-hmm. direction was given to you on, I mean, again, you, you thought it was a one act show. Like how much direction was told to you on the backstory of, of what this is about?
1: We like sat the first day and like read the poems with Trevor Nunn. That was like eight hours of us sitting in a circle and he read us like all the poems and told us a bunch of like backstory of how the show was created. Um, It wasn't necessarily a lot about like each individual character. And then the next day was like the day where we crawled around on our hands and our knees for like eight hours and they would give us like words that sort of were like the essence of our characters like, broad, like, broad words. So, like, one of my words was, like, motherly. And, and okay. you know what I mean? So they yep, were, like, yep. things like this. Um, but that was, like, kind of it. There really wasn't – or they would be, like – my favorite was, um, well, Jenny wouldn't do that. Or, like, they would – you would, like, do something with your cat, and they'd be, like, no, 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 no. Jenny wouldn't do that.
2: Well, you give be like, an example.
1: Well, there was this part that me and Jeremy were doing – um, cause he played Skimble. So we spent a lot of the show together cause Jenny and Skimble are like kind of naughty together. But, um, so we like did this part in this one moment that was like choreography. And I just distinctly remember like Andy kept us in it for a long time cause we were good at it. We like, it was like, you went into a cartwheel and he like assisted me like in this cartwheel in slow motion and like set me down. And then like Grizabella entered for the first time and this at the other, blah, 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 blah but it was like a lot of people were doing it and he wanted to like create like this visual effect with bodies. But the London team had like this whole thing. They were like, well, Jenny and Skimble wouldn't do that. Jenny and Skimble wouldn't do that. Like, then it was just like, why? Like, what are these rules?
2: I, so, so, okay. So it was more of like certain scenarios that just like, there's no way your character would be in that situation.
1: Yeah. So then a lot of the show, was really funny. Is like I got to create a lot of my show because I I got like a lot of freedom. There would be like a lot of times where I think they either forgot about me or like if you weren't in like the front of the choreography that they were setting that day, you just kind of were like fending for yourself as like in the background of the junkyard.
2: And And that's where you needed to make sure you were doing stuff Jenny would do.
1: Yeah, and that's where I made sure that I was like doing Jenny
2: stuff. So what how would you describe Jenny stuff? Like what is your what is your backstory for Jenny?
1: Um, I mean, Jenny is definitely the motherly cat. Um, I like spent a lot of time with Electra, Syllabub, and Pounceable, which are like the three kittens. Um I think that Jenny just she has this um, she kind of like keeps everyone together in the clan, in the tribe. You know what I mean? She's very much like, I think one of the things that was always so like thematic for me was the fact that like Jenny's number was first and really like set the show and like set the stakes of the night. And mm-hmm. I think Jenny always knew, I always knew I wasn't going to win even though I wanted to win, but I knew that like I was setting the stage for everyone else and like setting the bar per se. Um, but I think like my job as Jenny was like, I really did like coerce the kittens a lot in my, a lot of my track I created to like, make sure that like every moment I knew exactly where those kittens were and knew where like threats were. And then the moment that I really got to like let go and let loose was during the Jellicle ball. That was the moment where I really got to sort of like let go of this motherly instinct let go of this like need to protect and take care of and just be like jenny you know jenny from the block like chilling out and having a fun time
2: yeah so the it's interesting you kind of you say that so cuz i thought when you're you going first is a disadvantage in any competition mm-hmm. show you know it's not it's not good to be at the beginning of uh, america's got talent episode you want to the You want to be at the end, you know, that's when the the best scenario. So you you were stacked against your chance of winning. Absolutely. Um, But you should have been more in the running as the mother, as kind of at the, you know, in the age group of the different cats, you're in the group that should be more likely to be winning. So it's interesting to hear you say that you just knew you weren't going to win.
1: Yeah. I mean, I wanted to win, obviously, but I knew as Jenny, I knew I was too important to go yet.
2: Interesting so had you, can't, yeah, you can't you can't leave
1: I couldn't leave. I had responsibilities,
2: so why does your character nap then most of the day?
1: Because most of the day is when everyone else is awake, and at night is when everyone's asleep, so that's when they need someone to be awake for them and protect mm,
2: okay, so that's your protector you're protecting at night when they're asleep, and you're teaching mice to make scarves and cockroaches to tap dance,
1: yeah. Exactly. That's like, that's all I took away Jenny, from the song. Yeah. Like Jenny, if Jenny was a house cat, because there's like lots of controversy about whether if Jenny was a house cat or not, there's like a lot of like backstory, but I never had a collar. So I don't think Jenny is a house cat. Um, the,
2: the Wikipedia fan page has you as a owned by the landlord and an indoor cat.
1: Yeah. But I don't know. Like I didn't have a collar. So unless, like, my owner just was a bad owner and didn't put a collar on me, then part
2: of the rationale I think is the having the the fur, the additional like your quick change halfway through the um, the dance, and so I think that's part of the 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 reason or at least the rationale.
1: Right. There's a
2: lot of of plot holes, so it's like we can't really fix them all.
1: No, but I made Jenny like you know I think. She's one of those crazy cats that during the day, you're like, my cat is so calm. All she does is sleep. And then at night, she's that crazy cat that like bugs the shit out of you and doesn't go to sleep at night. Like as a nocturnal, you know, those cats that are like jumping up on the window yeah. and like, you know, scratching the blinds and like doing all the annoying things, but like only at night.
2: <laughs> and and you're not just doing that. You're tap dancing through the night to keep everyone yeah, awake.
1: To keep everyone awake.
2: So, when you got the role and you're watching the the movie, did you did you go, "Oh, my mom's right. I'm about to do a tap dance number with fifteen cockroaches tap dancing behind me?
1: Well, I knew that it wasn't going to be cockroaches because Andy was like, "We're not doing cockroaches." So we did mice, uh, okay. We like the so, little mice and so, like
2: so much better,
1: yeah. And there was like a moment where the boys came on and they had the little like cockroachy outfit, but no one else put like those on. Cause he was like insistent. He was like, I hate that they all oh, are cockroaches. It doesn't make any sense. I don't like it. This, that the other?
2: Okay. So you had the other, <laughs> the other fearful um, roommate in New York instead of cockroaches, you had the mice behind you. Yeah. What was, well, again, what was going through your head when you realized that you're going to get to do this like incredible number front and center tap dancing, and you're going to have a bunch of mice behind you doing it with you.
1: I mean, I don't think I really processed it. Like, that I don't know I think I was sort of like oh we get to do this number but with that number as we were developing it like we changed it a lot from the original I don't know if you remember like we had like the mop that I sat on and they like ran it around the stage and then there were like balls and then there was the clock and then so it became more of this idea of like Jenny dancing and having to get everything done against the clock as opposed to like her teaching the cockroaches being the whole number so there was just like a lot of busy stuff so that stressed me out because I'm not a huge prop person so all of a sudden I'm like in this number tapping but also like having to deal with all these props which for me was like sometimes my worst nightmare
2: and did did you when you first saw that and you're like I don't want to you know kind of gonna be much harder did you go Jenny wouldn't do that (laughs) Jenny wouldn't play with props
1: I should have. That would have been funny. No, I didn't. I was like, no. yes. Yes. Yeah,
2: what do you what do mean? <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> um, so when you okay, let's change gears then. Cause I think okay. you're I've had since I preparing for today I've had your song stuck in my head for like a week um but I want to talk about you said that you were with Skimba most of the time but there's a lot of rumor mill on the cat's family tree um it's mm-hmm. in my opinion a bunch of dotted lines there's a, a few other people that have done more research on it than I have but there's some thoughts that you might be more related to old deuteronomy or Bustopher or Gus um mm-hmm. which I think is just picking the age demographics for you um, for your character, and that you might be Grizabella's sister. So did you think about those things?
1: I did. So I didn't think that I was Grizabella's sister. I definitely thought that we had a connection, like a relationship growing up and that we used to be friends, and then she betrayed us, and then we were no longer friends. Because in all of the scenes where Grisabella came onto the stage, I was one of the first people to react to get her away to shoo her away.
2: Interesting. And
1: um, it was always set up, like, stage-wise. I was closest to her initially, or I would watch her, like, go away, and I would be the first one to kind of, like, shoo her away. Um, so I never thought of her as my sister, but I did think of her as a friend who I used to – we used to be friends.
2: But you must have thought of her as a threat, and that's part of why you're shooing her away, because you're protecting everyone.
1: Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want her. She betrayed us, and as easily as that. And like when you know you're looking for reason and moments, you go with the most powerful moment. And it's like she betrayed us. She no longer belongs. She cannot be here.
2: And you're the protector of the kittens, so you are the first one saying get out. Yeah. Poetic. And at
1: yeah, and at the end of the show, I was one of the last people to accept the fact that she was going to the heavy side layer. Mm. It took me a long
2: time. Because you wanted to win.
1: Of course.
2: Yeah, I mean, Uh, who doesn't want to be the cat that gets murdered?
1: I mean, cats to me, this is like totally changing the subject, but cats to me is a chorus line with cats.
2: Okay, I've not thought of it that way. (laughs) That's an interesting version of it. I think of it as America's Got Talent (laughs) or The X Factor or any of those competition shows. And I think part of that is because I saw Leona Lewis, who was on one of those shows. And that was the first person. So I was like, oh, yeah, this each person sings, someone wins Um, and she won. And so that was kind of like my perception as I watched it more and more. It's now a dark, dark version of that where it's a slightly sexually charged competition show with a murder at the end.
1: I don't know, go back and watch it, thinking of it as a chorus line. The setup as the show of the show, like the way it's set up is so similar to a chorus line. it's almost creepy. I'll
2: have to okay I'll have to watch it. I've not watched in that fashion. I don't know how many more times I can can mentally watch it. watch it watching yeah. it um, so i'll I'll have to find a way to to do that. I'll have to refresh on chorus line too because yeah
1: I'm you just think like people. You know, the opening number is very, like, everyone dancing together, like, the opening number of a chorus line. Then we have, like, these individual numbers where people are, like, showing who they are and, like, proving themselves. And, like, and then we have, like, the big jellicle ball moment, which is super similar to, like, the montage of, like, hello, you know, all that stuff in a chorus line. And then you have, like, more individual numbers getting to know people and getting to know Grisabela, which would be like Cassie, you know what I mean? Like it's there's a lot of there's a lot of similarities.
2: Okay, I like so. I like the thought. I mean, I my Broadway knowledge is so limited, right? That I don't I'm tying it more to pop culture and other things that I'm more aware of uh, than yeah. I am to the you know a course line or other shows like that. But that's a an interesting take, and I will I will dig into it because I'm now curious.
0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah. <clears throat> um,
2: let's talk about the different songs. So
0: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I'm I'm fascinated by that. You only knew a couple of them until you auditioned uh, because of your, your one-act version in the seventh grade. But if you were not playing Jenny and you got to sing, dance, take another character's kind of arc... Who would you want to take?
1: Probably either Demeter or Rumple Teaser.
2: Why those two?
1: Um, I mean I think like Rumple Teaser's just so like uh she's such like a, a little rebel. Like she doesn't really like she's just kind of a like a little jerk. Like you're like all the things that she does it's kind of like nee nee, 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 nee Like a little teasy. And I think that would just be super fun. Like Mungo Jerry to me is a little bit more level-headed, at least the way that like Jess played it. Whereas Teaser got to just be a little bit more kooky and crazy and spastic. And I like always thought that'd be super, super fun. And then, I mean, I think Demeter just because who doesn't want to be like a scaredy, sexy cat with like a lot of backstory?
2: It's those are an interesting, two because when I first saw the show, the only song I sang for like the next week was Mungo Jerry and Rebel Teaser. And as I've done this podcast, the one I sing and like think about most often is Macavity. Right. Because that's the, like, it, to me, that's the most interesting song now.
1: Yeah. Or I'd want or I would want to be like a guy part. Do you know what I mean? Like I would mm-hmm. either want to be like those two women or I would want to be like a guy part.
2: Which guy part would be your number one?
1: I mean, I think being like the bust for Gus Truck would be amazing.
2: That's, and then you get to be Peter.
1: And then you get to be Peter, filthy Peter.
2: <laughs> Who <laughs> does not exist in any other production I've found out besides yours.
1: Hey, I think they were like, Peter, what they because at first when we did the whole naming of cats with like Andy reinvented it, did anybody ever talk about this?
2: No. I've not oh, heard we that. like,
1: yeah, we like reinvented it. So we all like spoke individual lines, and like this, that, the other. And at one moment, these like people were like saying their names as they like walked out of line, and Chris Gurr said Peter.
2: Yeah, and, and I it's, think it's in the naming; the name's yeah. in the the poem,
1: and that's how it stuck. I think that's <laughs> like literally how they decided it's it was Peter. Yeah,
2: that's that's the only reason. It's been a running pet peeve of mine of this entire show is that the, you know, you get all these amazing names and you got Peter. Yeah. But that's Bill,
1: the, Bill Bailey, Bill Bailey. Bill like Bailey. The, yeah. yeah there's, there's a couple,
2: there's a couple, but Peter just is like, it's just out there.
1: Yeah. for, for
2: the, Especially for the, for the show. Okay. So I want to ask a similar question, but a different way. Have you ever heard about cats? Tumblr? Cats?
1: Tumblr? No.
2: Okay. Um, I did not either until my last guest who is a super fan who educated me on this. And I, um, it is essentially a group of super fans who okay. all interact with each other as if they are the character and end up in scenes together. So, you know, it what? obviously can go – yeah, it's – I mean, and they're very – you know, it can go a lot of ways. It's um, – yeah. there are a lot of like fun situations where they just essentially say what would – to your point, Jenny wouldn't do that. It's that type right. of thing. What would what would Jenny do in that situation? So if you were gonna take over a cat's tumbler character and get to interact in normal scenes of today, or just they might I am a little fearful um and why I will not participate is I think that they their scenes might get a little um promiscuous, is I think the the nice way of saying it. But um I'm
1: sure. But if
2: you were just in a normal scene, let's just say they're you run into another cat at a grocery store or just something's happening. You're, you're on the, the subway together. Which cat would you want to be a Tumblr owner for?
1: I mean, Jenny, a hundred percent
2: stick to Jenny. Cause you already know just, what she doesn't do.
1: I already know a lot about Jenny and I grew to love her character. Like at first I had like a midlife crisis. Cause I was 24 when I got the role and I was like, so confused I was like, I'm way too young for this. I don't understand why I'm this part, like this, that, the other. And I actually like, it really grew into the character and like grew to love her and her like weird quirks. And I don't know. I just felt like it was, it was a super fun kind of type of personality because she has so much, so much depth and so much level. Like, yes, yeah, she is the mom cat, but she's kind of a cool mom.
2: Yeah. I, I mean I, you know, I agree. I think Jenny would be a really fun one because you get to play Protector in a lot of situations. Um, but and you also, I mean, you have like an army behind you of mice and cockroaches, which in New York City in those situations would be powerful.
1: Yeah. And and if you think about it, if you break it down, there's really not a lot of cats in the show who don't like Jenny.
2: That's true. That is very like everyone
1: true. Everyone really likes Jenny. And so there was, that was, that was like a nice, there was no cats that I was like, I don't, I mean, I didn't like Tugger, but that was because I liked Tugger.
2: Yeah. Of course. Who doesn't like like Tugger? That's part of it. Yeah.
1: It was like, I I shouldn't like Tugger because this is a bad example, but like, come on.
2: (laughs) So taking Jenny out of the equation now, who would you, what cat would you want to be quarantined with?
1: Well, cat would I want to be quarantined with?
2: Yeah, if you had to be quarantined with one of the characters, which not mm. actors, characters. Which right, Kat, characters. Which would you want to be quarantined with?
1: Not Monka Strap. Um, yeah, I see. guess
2: rank them here. That'd be even better. Okay, who's the absolute yeah. no way? You don't want to be at, at all involved with him. And then who's like, all right, I consider it. And then you're number one.
1: I wouldn't do Monka Strap just because, like, he was always sort of preachy and annoying to me.
2: Narrating that your guy, day,
1: yeah, like narr- Like, come on, we can we can talk. And he just had a little bit of air. He felt better than everybody else, and I don't know. I wouldn't want to be quarantined with him. He's a little too high strung. He needs a little bit, like, he needs stroking of the ego. And Jenny's is not gonna your, do that.
2: Is he your number one? No, or is somebody? I mean, you've got to have uh, McCavity lower, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to be quarantined with McCavity. Although McCavity might like surprise everyone. And be, like, someone who's super awesome to quarantine with. He might manipulate you. And, you know, after quarantine, you'd be like, I definitely was manipulated. But in the actual events, you might have fun. Um, I mean, if I had to do, like, friend-wise, I would probably say, like, jelly lorem. Because we were always good friends in the show. Mm -hmm. So we would have a fun time quarantining together.
2: What about non-friend? What if it's just like, you you know, the dream scenario, you just, you know, you're gonna get stuck. Who are you picking?
1: Um, let me see. I'm trying to think of who, who I would pick non-dream, like non-actual show scenario. Um, I'm trying to think of what a mod's cat's name was. Alonzo. I would choose Alonzo. Alonzo. Yeah. I okay. would choose Alonzo. That's, an interesting, he's that's like, an interesting choice. He's second in command from like uh, from Monkstrap. But I feel like his overall character is pretty grounded and that would be like a fun person to be in quarantine with.
2: I said last time I asked this question, I said Mr. misopheles because you get magic, you get A bundle fun a lot of entertainment but i'm leaning towards for jones now because i think we'd eat well that's pretty low maintenance um we'd probably be at like a country club situation so i can maybe golf like i feel like that's the, the the life we'd be living
1: But don't you worry that like Bustopher Jones would just like sleep and like eat too much and sleep all the time. And then like you actually wouldn't really have like a quarantine buddy. You'd have just like this fat cat who ate too much all the time and is just sleeping.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's that's totally fair. (laughs) But isn't that what most of us have been doing in quarantine anyways? Like I can watch Netflix (laughs) with him asleep next, you know, on the couch next to you.
1: I guess that's true. (laughs)
2: <laughs> um yeah there's there's no there's no right answer that, but there's definitely some wrong answers i think that's kind yeah. of what it boils down to
1: i mean if you were to choose like carbuckety come on that'd be a stupid choice even mungo jerry and rebel teaser no come on they'll steal everything want to, from you they'll steal everything from you you don't want to be quarantined with them i mean old deuteronomy could be a good choice
2: yeah i would feel being i feel like i'd be judged the whole time though Really? I mean that's his job. Like he is the decision maker. I feel like every, you know, everything I'd be doing would be being graded for if I can get, you know, to the heavy side layer.
1: Yeah, I guess though like I don't know. You hadn't ever like experienced the like old deuteronomy. Like he's just non-judgmental. Like he's he's making the choice, but I believe it's not really him making the choice. He's just connecting with like the universal energy from Ooh. above to gain the choice.
2: Ooh, so that's that's a very interesting way to look at it because then that would be why he's not even in the running. Yeah, which I think he he's, should be in the running.
1: But he's he's not. He can't be. I think he already was in the running in the past and like got rebirthed, and now he was rebirthed for the final time as Deuteronomy. And they were like, your rebirth is to help us make this choice.
2: That's very likely and makes a ton of sense. And I think that's the beauty of this show is that there's no, no rhyme or reason or answer to any of these questions.
1: Right. There's no right answer, but that's always how I felt. Like I never felt judged by Deuteronomy. I always felt, I mean, it was always the feeling of like a warm hug. Like he was your, he was your father in a sense. He was everyone's father. He was never like, and he was trying to get us all to make the kind right choice, which in the end wasn't competing against each other. In the end, it was all us deciding who really needed to be rebirthed the most.
2: When I watched the show, before I researched the show, when I saw okay. the show, and again, yeah. I had no idea, walked out, still didn't know what was going on. The only thing I remember as characters, he sat on stage during intermission and that like blew my mind that yeah. that they one that like an actor would be willing to do that. You know, like they would be say, sure, I'll give up this 15 minutes. But then two of like it took me about a good couple minutes to realize that it wasn't a prop, that it was an actual human. Yeah. And then all of a sudden people started going out there and taking selfies. And so that was like all I really remember from the character um so it's interesting to hear like a warm hug and kind of like all this like godly features of it because it's like the if you just see the show you're gonna remember memory and probably right. a couple of the crazy dance numbers Jenny's, like yours Jenny's Day, number. Dance number, um tugger Empire. running in the crowd well i mean yeah, <laughs> yeah i remembered your i remember that i remember tugger coming into the crowd i remember um Mungo German and teaser because of you know the just song stuck in my head, and then oh my gosh, yeah. And then honestly, a lot of the rest I, I vividly remember Skimble Shanks because when they when you built the train, um, the light that you decided to flash into the crowd blinded me from where I was oh. sitting, so I was like, so that, oh, was yeah. that was
1: Mistopheles, that was Mistopheles who held the light. That was oh
2: me. well. I, I, I have a, I have a grave to pick because I was I remember I was like oh this is really cool and then I couldn't see it again. I was like, ah! blind. Um, and the cat eyes part, the green eyes thing in the beginning, that was like my entire memory of the show. The first time I, I mean, saw
1: it. Thankfully, I didn't have to do green eyes, and I was always so happy.
2: You are lucky. I didn't have to do it. Tyler Haynes says he got hit in the face.
1: Yeah, I like for yeah. some, I think it was because I was having a bad day. And Andy knew it. And so like, (laughs) this is exactly what happened. And I was like, I like went up to him after and I was like, thank you. Cause my number during tech was just like a nightmare. Cause the coat was like, 20-something pounds, and we didn't know it was going to be that heavy. My costume was 10. All the prop elements were, like, not working on the rake. And, like, it was just, like, so one thing after another. And I just remember, like, standing on stage, like, crying, like, turning up stage, being like, no one can see me cry. No one can see yeah. me cry. But, like, everything, like, felt like it was melting around me. Like, I was like, ah! And we were, like, setting up the green eyes part, like, right after that. And... I remember Andy being like we like about to take a break and then they were like we're gonna come back and do green eyes Andy was like are you okay and I was like Mm-mm. and then like left <laughs> then I came back and they're like all right who who starts in the house during like the opening number mm-hmm. and I don't remember who who volunteered me someone was like Eloise does and I was like And then everyone else like started volunteering. And then Andy was like, you, 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 you. And then literally like skipped me and was like, not you, 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 you. (laughs) So I was like one of the only people who started in the house, like to walk through the house during Jellico, like the opening, who didn't do green eyes.
2: Wow. And I was so thankful. Can you imagine if you did green eyes in your seventh grade production?
1: Oh, my goodness. No.
2: Would one of your parents like have a heart attack when you pop up next to them? in the Yeah, auditorium?
1: My, mom, my mom would have screamed.
2: What did your mom think when did she come to see the show? Oh, yeah. Of course. So what did she think when, you know, she told you to do anything but and of course, that's what you go do. What did she what did she think of your production?
1: She actually like I just to distinctly remember like opening night she came and saw no, she came first preview. She came first preview and she knew that like you know, we done we put up the show so fast. Like mm-hmm. five weeks of rehearsal, two weeks of tech, two mm-hmm. weeks of previews, and then we were open. Like it was crazy fast. Wow. And it would have been fast to just said it was like if it was the original production, but this was a whole new reinvented version. So it was just, it was nuts. Um, and I, I remember, I think it was first preview and like the crowd was really packed and she was like, wow, there are a lot of people here. And I remember her texting me being like, there are a lot of people here. It's like sold out. I was like, oh, wow. And then after the show, she was like, I actually like really liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. So <laughs> like for me. A,
2: it's like such a backhanded compliment. I was like, it was, it was better than I expected it to be.
1: Well, I think she thought like she would just not like it or relate to it at all. And the fact that she was like, I was thoroughly entertained the entire time and I wasn't creeped out. And I thought it was like, she was like, I thought it was good, like really good. So I think her expectations were thinking that like she would hate it and she would like, you know, go out at intermission and not come back in. <laughs> yeah, well, and, you, I mean, yeah, your
2: parts, your, your main stuff's done. So yeah, and didn't head out.
1: Exactly. But she was like, I actually, she was like, I thought it was like super, super great. She really, really liked it. So I'll That's take awesome. it as a compliment.
2: That's awesome. I went, I'm glad she went in with a, a low bar. I went in with no bar because I had no idea what I was going in to see. Um, so, okay, let's, uh, uh, here's the the million dollar question now. So this is my entire podcast has been debating and arguing why Grisabella is not the right choice at the end of the show. Okay. So do you agree with me that Grizabella is not the right choice? Um, or do you want to defend Grizabella? And if you don't want to defend Grizabella, who should die at the end of the, of the show?
1: Hmm. I mean, huh. It's, do I think Grizabella is the right choice? It's like 50-50. Mm-hmm. Do I think you could have picked another cat? Absolutely. Like, pick. I think you could have picked another cat. I mean, Gus could have been picked. I also think Demeter could have been picked.
2: Ooh, Demeter. No one's argued Demeter that I, that I think of. A lot of people argue. There's a big Team Gus falling out there.
1: Well, of but, course. Like, Gus, we love Team Gus.
2: So argue Demeter's case. <laughs>
1: So I think Demeter just has a lot of demons. Demeter has a lot of issues, and I think she has done wrong. And I think she is haunted by her past um, with all the Macavity stuff and getting involved with that. And I think that she potentially could go and be reborn and be freed of that that past.
2: That's a very different way than i've thought about it so i like hearing that because you're saying that's like the the person who should die at the end is someone who has the demons who will benefit from being reborn and i've said this is a competition so who's got the best dance song and dance that's how (laughs) i've analyzed this very deep very very deep like analysis of the show Um, i mean if it's
1: about best song and dance jenny but if we're like breaking into like the story of who really needs help and who could really benefit from being reborn, I think Demeter's a good choice.
2: Is Demeter too young? No. No? Great. I love it. Stick to it. <laughs> I it's again, it's my it's one of my favorite songs now, is her her song. That song lit. is
1: yeah. With yeah. Bomb Ballerina. Yeah. So good. So good. Ugh. Oh.
2: That's that's a that's an interesting again, an interesting take. I've not thought about it from that perspective. I did I was kind of Chris Gurr said that he didn't think Gus had a life, another life to live. So I thought that was very poetic of him, but also like that's why he thought no for Team Gus. Mm. But I I've always I think, you know, it should be uh Rum Tug Tugger and Mr. is going up together.
1: Why Rum Tum Tugger?
2: I when you talk about performances, I think the two of them have some showstoppers. And then I like the fact that the entire fan world thinks that they are together, secretly. So I think that they should be a little kind of Burton Ernie scenario and head up to the heavy mm. side layer together.
1: I mean, I like that. I just don't think... Mistopheles is, like, too useful. They would never pick him. His magic and his, like, all the things he can do. There's no way he'd be reborn until he, like, is about to die.
2: That's true, but how many times has a magician worn America's Got Talent? Like, this is... This is a showstopper (laughs) here. Like, again, this... And I'm taking this from one literal angle, so that's why I've, I've... I know that this is a, a flawed way to analyze this. this to musical. analyze it. So I like I, I love hearing you say that, like, you're picking Demeter for, like, an, you know, a very thoughtful, real reason. Instead of, like, oh, yeah, it's like if it was America's Got Talent or The X Factor, like, of course we'd pick Mistoffelees.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, the way his number is placed also is, like, a huge benefit. He's, like, the last big number in the show.
2: Yep. And he's so. a show, showstopper. Well, I mean, no, memory is, but... Yeah.
1: Well, they're yeah. showstoppers in different ways. True. So very true. There's enough room for it all.
2: <laughs> so, this has been incredible. How can we find you on social media?
1: Ah, uh, you can find me on Instagram. It's my name, Eloise Crop, and that's probably the only thing I'm really on these days. I'm not really on Twitter or Facebook anymore. So, I
2: haven't haven't taken up TikTok yet.
1: Haven't taken up t- t- TikTok yet. It feels like a lot of work, and I just don't know if I can commit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. I am not on it either. Um, well, thank you again for joining, uh, joining me, and sharing these very thoughtful uh, ideas and ways to analyze the show again that I've never thought of. So I really appreciate you you coming on and and sharing your thoughts.
1: Of course, thank you.
2: I do want to ask one more question before we go. If you mm-hmm. now are doing your 7th grade production.
0: Mm.
2: What songs are you picking for your one act?
1: If I'm doing my 7th grade production. Yeah, if
2: you're now the director, you only going to do oh. one act. You're only going to pick like the couple songs. Pretend you've got the most talented kids in the world so you can pick any of them. What's your order? What are you picking to tell a story oh. in one act?
1: Opening Rum Tum Tugger, Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser, Snippets of the Jellicle Ball. Um, I think moments of happiness is really important. Um, I think Skimbleshanks and Mistopheles in the end and memory. That's,
2: that's, that's basically the show. You cut yourself yeah. and, and Gus.
1: <laughs> I cut right? myself. I cut Gus. I cut Gus. You cut, Bust- I cut you Gus, Gus McCavity. McCavity. Okay. cut, you know.
2: You cut all the, all the. Old males.
1: Well, you know, if I'm, I'm assuming the demographic of my theater program <laughs> is mainly women.
2: Okay, that's totally fair. No green eyes, green eyes or no?
1: No green eyes.
2: Okay, I want you. No green I, eyes. I hope. I hope sometime at the end of your career, when you're you've had a long successful career, <laughs> you go back and take on a music director at a some school, and you get to do. A seventh grade version of Cats. Of Cats. <laughs> that is my, my hope.
1: You know what? Never say never. Honestly, it'd be super fun.
2: I think your mom would be so proud.
1: My mom would. It might be her favorite thing I've ever done.
2: <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you again. This has been incredible. Um, thank you. So thanks for listening to this bonus episode with Eloise Krop on The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the catastrophe. To follow along, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere where you listen to podcasts. Please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, at the Wrong Cat Died, or check out our website, TheWrongCatDied.com.